0: I've been debating, I've been thinking, I've been looking at each of you and trying to decide whether I would say something about um, El Dio de los Muertos. And I'm going to simply because I. Think for those of you who don't know, in the past we've had a service um, based on a tradition from Mexico. And in my mind, I will just speak for myself, it has come into question whether we should continue that and under what circumstances. Those of you who have maybe thought well Rev. Dave probably talked her into that. I hate to tell you but I'm the one that brought it up to Rev. Dave whether we should continue that because our circumstances have changed. Because there have been so many notes um, and people expressing their ideas I thought maybe it's best to just say that we're in a time when there are some things we need to discuss. If you remember some of Michael's last sermons, he told us that this would be a time of change. We love Michael and Diane, we love the church, and yet he would remind us that to honor him, we would, un- we would honor the foundation that we have laid in this church, a foundation for change. And it doesn't matter who the minister is going to be, once we've made that decision, that person is going to expect us to be able to change, to do things in a different way, simply because They're a different person. They have different ideas, different styles. And I hope that we realize that changing the things we do does not change how much we loved and continue to love and admire Michael. I think there's... There's been, been a lot of upset. And I'm sorry that we're going through that. But I know that we can all talk. We can come together and still continue to be the friends that we have been, whether or not we all share the same opinion. And I would just ask that We all remember that this is a place of sharing and of love, and that we will treat each other in that manner. Thank you. But now here's the real sermon. (laughs) Out of the mouths of babes. So often, we adults are speechless or more likely paralyzed from the grief of what is happening in the world. In the past few years, we have had so many examples of children speaking out against the worst difficulties in our society and asking for our help. Help from adults to resolve the problems. And we say, what is this world coming to? And we could go in so many different directions with that question. But today, let's just examine some of the most recent things that have been prevalent in the news, where our our youth have been most vocal. And sometimes, they are putting their lives on the line their reputations and their futures, to speak up. And they're leading with the kind of energy that says things are possible, not impossible, and within reach, not sacred because some organization is supporting some of the worst travesties in the world. As I was trying to write this sermon, I discovered it's really hard, hard topic, Um, especially if we want to start out talking about these horrific things that have happened in the past. And one Sunday, I, I have to tell you that someone, just loud enough so I could hear it, said, I don't come to church to be bummed out. So, I'm going to try not to bum you out. <laughs> so, and, and the things that I want to talk about, I'm sure they're imprinted in your minds anyway. You don't need the details to understand the events that I'm talking about. So, what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm simply going to quote from the children who have taken on the mantle of courage to speak out against the establishment, Here's some quotes from Parkland teens after the Valentine's Day shooting at their high school. We've had enough of thoughts and prayers. The right to bear arms does not and never will overpower the individual's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Some quotes from Malala Musafazi You remember her, she was 12 years old, shot in the head by the Taliban. How she's a Nobel Peace Prize winner at the age of 17. When the whole world is silent, even one voice becomes powerful. I raise up my voice, not so I can shout, but so that those without a voice can be heard. We cannot succeed when half of us are held back. Once I had asked God for one or two extra inches in height, but instead, he made me as tall as the sky, so high that I could not measure myself. And most recently in the news, you know, there was a strike this week a lot of students um, striking striking for environmental justice. And there's a young woman, Greta Thunberg from Sweden, who's now quite famous simply because she skipped school. Now, let me just say, uh, (laughs) children, if you're skipping school, it's gotta be for a very darn good reason. So she's been uh, featured on the cover of Time magazine, and here are some things that she has said. Adults keep saying, we owe it to the young people to give them hope. But I don't want your hope. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to to panic. That's what she said for way too long the politicians and the people in power have gotten away with not doing anything to fight the climate crisis but we will make sure that they will not get away with it any longer we are striking because we have done our homework and they have not out of the mouths of babes now i want to tell you about some teenagers who have not received much, if any, publicity. They are the members of the Indigenous Youth Ceremonial Mentoring Program. They go to Guadalupe Alternative Programs in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I had the pleasure of meeting them a few weeks ago. Um, Because I went to Stories and Songs of the People, which was a retreat where Native Americans were invited to come and share their wisdom and their prophecies. It was a place where we all could go and look at the way we want to be together, how we want to share, and how we want to move forward. And typically, we like to start at the end and say, this is our goal. And we actually know that doesn't work, because most of the time we, are, we come together and we have so many things that we disagree about that we never get to the goal. And so why do we keep doing that? So at, at this retreat, part of what happens is you begin by making agreements. And you don't move on until you come to some agreement. And then when you do, you move on. And it's a process. And instead of getting to a goal that we couldn't accomplish, we make a space where we can all agree and move forward. So there were a lot of presenters and and one group Um, these teenagers had gotten together with the help of their mentor, Mitch Walking Elk. And Mitch and a couple of parents helped them to tackle something that is affecting their lives so much. And it's affecting our lives, too. They decided that they were going to go to the Vatican, and they were going to talk. Well, they, they pretty much knew they weren't gonna see the Pope, but they were hopeful that someone would let them in and they would be able to talk with people who were in charge. And they worked hard to earn the money to get to go to the Vatican. And the reason that they wanted to go is something called the Doctrine of Discovery. And many of you will remember that our own member, Dave Wyman, did a lot of study on the Doctrine of Discovery, something that he learned about when we went to uh, Parliament of the World's Religions. He didn't start out thinking, I'm going to make a big change. But after that experience, he did. And he worked with some scholars in the United States and eventually went to uh, the, Universalist, the Unitarian Universalist Association's General Assembly, made a presentation. And out of that came something that's called an action of immediate witness. And that action was that we repudiate the doctrine. Now, what could be so difficult about the doctrine? It happened in 1493. So why is that a problem now? Well, let me tell you just a little bit about the doctrine. Uh, There were several decrees called bulls that were issued in the 1400s and primarily in 1493. And these laws from 1493 are still a matter of record. And they've been used in many countries. These decrees have been embraced by the early European colonizers of the Americans, formed the basis of US Indian policy, which allowed the government to seize Indian land. Not only that, but it's been used to lay claims on land and waterways in countries that were not Christian. So the countries that were not Christian, Africa, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, the Americans, the Americans. If an explorer proclaimed to have discovered the land in the name of a European monarch, they would plant a flag and, and declare it to be discovered, even though people had been living there for centuries. And then if the original occupied Occupants insisted on the de- claiming that the lands were theirs. the discoverer could name them as inadequate according to European standards. Anyway, you get the drift. These laws are still being used today to determine where um, where people of color can live. What are their rights? Ooh, I want that piece of property, that's really nice. I'm gonna take that for myself. These things are happening today, and these are the things that those children want to stop. Well, they're 16, 17 years old. Don't you wonder what made them think that what they had to say was of any importance. That's what we think sometimes, isn't it? Isn't it? So they did get to go to the Vatican. They didn't get to speak with the Pope, but they did get to speak with someone in authority and They made a demand, repudiate the doctrine of discovery. Well, nothing's happened yet. Why is that? So they were giving their presentation and someone in the group yelled out, you faith leaders, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do to help these children? Silence. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in that room. But suddenly we decided that after first having to admit that we were faith leaders, our hands went up kind of slowly, some of us, we decided that we would meet together and we would come up with some action. So there were quite a few UUs at this gathering. We met, we had a discussion, and here are some of the things that we decided we could do. And by the way, Carrie Montgomery, who's the vice president of our association was there. So he was part of the group that started talking about what can we do. We have, in our congregation, an act of immediate witness that says we will repudiate the doctrine. We have, as an act of immediate witness, the documentation that says we will support water protectors. And everyone voted for them and clapped and thought, aren't we wonderful? But here we are saying, oh, what have we actually done as UUs? And so what the group of UUs decided to do, we think there should be more education about the doctrine of discovery. There should be something in our organization that's presented as as an educational piece to our youth and to our adults. Is that going to happen? Well, let's wait and see. It's only been a month. But I feel fairly certain that we're going to be hearing something from our denomination that says, don't stop the other work you're doing If you're supporting Black Lives Matter, keep it up. If you're supporting the cause for people with disabilities, keep on going. This doesn't mean to end any of those things, but come on, let's go. Let's try to do something about our understanding and these laws that are so affecting the lives of literally millions of people across the world. So I say to you, out of the mouths of babes, I think this is going to help us move forward in our commitments. Give us a way not only to say, yes, I think that's a good idea, but give us a way to get our hands in there, to get involved, to be with the people who want our help, to understand that they have ideas about leadership, about how their lives could be better So let's listen. If we continue to listen to what comes out of the mouths of babes and we act on it, there's such a good chance that we're going to be able to change some of the things that have happened on our watch as adults. And we are going to make the world a better place. May it be so.